Hey everyone, thanks for joining us for Let's Talk Recovery. My name's Aaron, this is Caleb. We're just grateful to have you guys back with us again today. Um, just a couple things I wanna throw out to you. Be sure to check us out on social media, Facebook, Instagram, the YouTubes, interwebs, wherever you get your content, wherever you scroll. Um, like, share, um, and like and share some more. Um, just to help us to get this out here, check us out on your favorite podcast channel. Maybe you came across this on YouTube or on Facebook. Man, check us out, Apple, Google, Spotify, all those things. And uh, again, like, share, that again that helps us to grow this platform that God's given us and then lastly I want to you know throw out just uh, Caleb's book Pursuing Freedom be sure to get a copy of that if you attend our church here at Cedar Point you can get that physically from us if not it's available on Amazon for your purchase today and there's just infinite wisdom that changed your life forever but it really is it's it's good material I want to encourage it's a everybody high bar. yeah <laughs> I, I don't think I would sell it that way yeah well <laughs> It's not uh, infinite. I mean, it's a lot. <laughs> yeah, infinite's a big. Anyway. Oh man! But uh, so we are on episode thirty-one, and so Kale and I were just talking, man. It's been six months since we started this, and so if you've been here from the beginning, man, we're grateful that uh, you, you haven't abandoned us. So. Yeah, you have an, an incredible amount of intestinal fortitude. Yeah, you've stuck with this all this time. Or maybe your life just sucks, and yeah. you know, just our, our misery makes you feel better. I don't That's know. That's right. You just wake up every day, and you're like, well, at least I'm not those two. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, so kind of at the six-month mark, we did something similar to this, episode one. And so um, you may be like, have I heard this before? Yeah, some of it in some capacity. And so I know episode one, we kind of explained some of why we changed. Um, but we, but were, we were really bad in episode one. Yeah, too, we were really so bad. Yeah, so this will be a better version of that. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully, well, hopefully so. <laughs> um, but we just want to reiterate some things. Just kind of talk about the program. Um, you know, Cedar Point Recovery. What, what's going on with that? You know, I know a lot of people still ask. You know, are you a Celebrate Recovery? Are you a Twelve Step? Yeah. Who are you? What do you do? Um, and um, you know, the biggest thing we are is we're a Christ-centered recovery ministry. You know, we we pivot everything i mean that, that's our focal point that's our center and and that's one of the biggest deviations that that i see um because pretty much every program i've seen i, I mean i can say every every program i'm sure there's others that that don't fall into this the, the category but none of them are technically christ-centered yeah i mean um well if you're talking about all the, the so, so really there's um you know there's all the the a programs right there's aa na EA, I've learned about that emotional, emotional anonymous. I think is what it's called. Somebody could probably tell me that. But there's, there's right. actually that's actually a thing. Um, there's so, so there's all those out there, and those are are not necessarily those are not Christian based. Like they you know they they identify a higher power, but that can just be whatever you want it to be. But then when you get into, you know, then into the the Christian based ones, there's. There's one one game in town, and that's Celebrate Recovery, which is why we always get confused. Like, oh, this is the best Celebrate Recovery ever. It's like because we're not a Celebrate Recovery. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, so we are not we are not a Celebrate Recovery. And yeah, like you said, we you know we've we've talked about it. everything we talked about here today is going to be you know we've we've hit on in some capacity in, in previous episodes. But like you're talking about, man, it's just crazy how much we've been doing this. What our own program for two plus years now, and. Uh, we still get. Oh, I love your. I love this celebrate recovery. We're not a celebrate recovery, and we have a lot of fundamental differences between us and a celebrate recovery, um, which I think is why we're better. I mean, you know, and it, that's not a bad thing for us to say. Like, I wouldn't have come up with a, a program that I thought was worse than <laughs> celebrate recovery. Like, I wanted to do something. You know, there were certain deficits in that program that I saw that I was like, I. I I think we can improve on this. And that's not to say that it's a bad program. I just think that we're better. Yeah. Um, but. Yeah, I mean, it is one of those things. We kind of went back more to the original recovery, which is just God's word. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and that's kind of one of the ways I look at it is if we're going to be Christ-centered, why do we need all this, these new, this new thinking, these new ideas? I mean, it's already there. It's been there the whole time. Um, we just needed to... To identify certain aspects that help us to have a narrow focus in our recovery. Yeah, you know, and the thing is too, and, and sometimes and I don't know when we made the change that a lot of people were like, you know, you, we got a little bit of pushback or you know, like, well, just well, I wouldn't say pushback, but I would say maybe some concern from from the long time celebrate recovery people or people with AA, anybody that's in the twelve steps or those kinds of things, and they would, um, you know, and it's like sometimes we have to challenge kind of our 
our our premises, right? So uh, that's what I would do. Tell you is that you know realize that AA is only been around for 100 years-ish. And Celebrate Recovery has been around even less than that. And Celebrate Recovery is just based off the AA, and they just added some Bible verses in there, more or less. But there's nothing about those things that, you know, Moses didn't come down with, like, a third, you know, a third tablet that was, like, the, was 12, the, big book. the 12 steps. Yeah, yeah was he right. came down with the big book. Um, <laughs> yeah, here's 10 I, commandments and 12 steps. Yeah, I mean, it was it was there from the beginning. I don't, I don't know yeah, how but, you didn't, didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, the thing is, with, with all these programs is that, so, you know, somebody, you know, the, the back in AA, there was one guy who, you know, who overcame his alcohol addiction, and he was just kind of like, well, this is what I did. And so then he just started teaching that to people, which is a good thing. I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not bashing him. And that's the same thing with Celebrate Recovery, where um, the John Baker used, you know, kind of the 12 steps, and then it was like, and then Rick Warren thought we can make some money with this and yeah. let's, let's bible this up <laughs> yeah he's like there's a and this is literally what rick Warren says is that he's like well i realized there was a basically a, a sobriety message in the in the sermon on the mount and i was like no i'm pretty <laughs> sure jesus wasn't preaching about that but um you know rick rick's known for doing kind of things like that so um anywho <laughs> don't send us angry emails but uh the, there's nothing no, there's nothing special per se about that I mean there's nothing special about what we have I mean there's nothing you know this wasn't you know given again Moses didn't come down with these for me or you know what we do or any of that kind of stuff but no, if, I, if I recall we got ours from a, a scene stone <laughs> that's uh, right yeah. that's right the angel Moroni appeared to me yeah and um, told me where the gold plates were at and, and it's <laughs> a, it's a beautiful story and um, I, I believe there's plans to try to get something out by next Christmas so that the story can be gifted around the world but um, the the divine revelation <laughs> to, to be turned into a Broadway play musical anyway but I mean it, it's it's kind of like in I remember when Caleb like came I mean, walking down the hall, maybe the first time you presented the idea to Rick and just standing there and it's just like, this is what I want to do or, or whatever. And it was just like, yeah, I mean, that, that makes sense um, because, you know, as, as you're looking at, man, if we're going to make this Christ centered, I mean, to be honest, I mean, Jesus came with a recovery message like, hey, you're, you're broken people. Um, you need redeemed. You, you can't do this without me. I mean, and so when you kind of shift recovery into that context of, well, everyone has sin to get over everyone has a past to defeat everyone needs saving because no one can save themselves um i mean that's kind of in essence what we tried to to again focus on pull pull out those types of messages and and what's going to help you specifically to overcome struggles i mean because you know there's areas of the bible that aren't necessarily about that you know but but it is woven throughout that and i mean so as we pull that over to um sell or uh, not sell, celebrate recovery didn't oh, man, do that yeah. um i mean they focused on this one section it's like it well it's not there you there there's places that it is but but that's wrong um in my opinion <laughs> <laughs> yeah um and so it's just like all right if we're gonna do this it needs to be 100 percent um christ-centered we're not gonna come up with a thought and then search for something to support it we're, we're gonna have the the support first and then put that in words that communicate recovery. Yeah. And I mean, that, and that is really how I went about coming up with, you know, I, there was, there was things about celebrate recovery, just the pro cause I, I taught it for, I was the, I was for a, a few years, I would play guitar, go sit down in the front row for a second while we did a transition, then get up and, and, and teach a message, which, and that, that wears you out, but um, but uh, we were when we were celebrating recovery, and there was a lot of things. You know, when I before when I was just doing music, um, and I wasn't teaching it, I it didn't really dawn on me. But but when I had to start actually going through these lessons, start teaching, I was like, man, there's a lot of stuff in here that I'm, I don't like. I don't like about certain things about this program that are constraining, or you know, sometimes some of the verses, and when you take them in their entirety, don't don't say what they say in the in the books which i was i have an issue with um and so you know there's some things there that i was like okay if i were to do my own thing you know i would change these things that i don't like but then the other approach i had when i was like okay if we're going to do our own thing where do we start and, and i and the way i am the way i'm you know god made me was i i think through kind of the in a, in a process you know and that's 
I've get, become known around the church here as the systems guy. That's a nickname that people are like, hey, we're trying to figure this out. What do you think? How do you, you think through this? And, and so I'm thinking through, okay, what, what, what gets people into addiction? Or what, people, what gets people into struggles? Well, generally that comes from, well, you know, from my experience, just dealing with a lot of people, you know, in recovery ministry. It's like, well, usually they're, you know, broken homes, abuse, um, you know, maybe they didn't see relationships modeled in an appropriate way um, at home. There, there's something, something in the background that that isn't, you know, to God's plan. This isn't how God made us to be. And then there's the hurt and the brokenness there. And it's like, okay, so okay, if starting from there, then we then we use whatever our struggle is to try to make that feel better. It's like, okay, so if we can fix that, which again, I I think, you know, the world doesn't have anything that fixes that. It's all temporary satisfaction stuff, right? And so it's, you know, that's where we turn to Christ and we say, okay, we become whole through Christ. And so how do we do that? And thinking about, you know, what are the principles that we need to learn from the Bible that, that help repair that? And then also, you know, the one, th the other thing I've looked into is like, has anybody ever looked and see, seen, the, you know, how effective are the 12 steps? Do we know? You know, science has come come a ways. Do we know? Have have we done any studies on this? Because I'm I'm a science person, and so, um, you know, what what works? What works in addiction right now? What works from you know, like a psychological counseling uh, standpoint? What works? And so I, I took those two things, put them together, and that's how we came up with what we have for the most part. Yeah, and I mean, so it's it's Christ centered. It's you know, even got its roots in, in secular science. I mean, because, you know, as Christians, we don't want to discount um, that. I mean, Kayla and I would both agree that, that that's a gift from God, the, the knowledge that, that he's given us. And so as we've brought this together, we've made something that's different. Um, and it's it's unique. And so far, it's proven to be rather f effective in people's lives when they when they choose just to, to make that journey. But um, it's... Uh, Sorry, I'm losing my train of thought here. Um, but what, what makes us different? You know, as we, we look at that, so that, that's obviously like the banner flag, Christ-centered, um, not a 12-step, but, but what makes us different? And the first thing is we base everything, again, around the Bible. We don't make the Bible um, say what we want it to say. Um, it says what it says. In 2 Timothy 3.16, and this is kind of what backs it up. Well, why would we do that? Um, it says all Scripture is inspired by God. So when we look at our Bible, it's, it's God's Word. I mean, think about that. The creator of the universe, he, he gave us his written Word. And it says it's useful to teach us what is true. So if we're, if we're coming in, um, out of uh, addiction or, or struggle we're overcoming, um, like 10 times out of 10, you've bought into a lie. And, and part of recovery is um, overcoming that lie. And so Bible teaches us what's true. What, what better way to combat lies than with truth and to make us realize what's wrong in our lives. You know, any 12-step or recovery program even starts with that. Where do you need to start? Uh, well, admitting that, um, that something's in your life that's bad. I mean, that's, that's the gospel though, isn't it? I mean, where we look at ourselves and, and inward and say, I'm a broken sinner, and I can't, I can't do this on my own. Um, and so what's wrong in our lives, it corrects us when we're wrong. So again, you know, we want to base it off of the Bible, because what's the Bible do? It corrects us when we're wrong, teaches us to do what's right. That's exactly what every other um, recovery program's trying to do. But God had already done that. Like, it's already there. And so that was the thing that needed to be recognized. And this is God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. And that's where our program ends right there. Like, I say that, like, you get to the end. Where's it at? Go do good work. I mean, we want people to serve. Because, again, we want to be scripturally um, based, Jesus-centered. God, you know, is our foundation as, as we pursue this. But but this is this is what backs us up right here. It's God's word. It's not, oh, Caleb just thought this would be super cool. No. It's, yeah. God gave this message, and we can take this message without skewing it, without losing context, without making it say something different. We can take that, and we can apply it to this person's life who's struggling in sin and they can utilize God's word not Caleb's or God's word um, to find freedom yeah now that was one of the things I wanted to you know I kind of rules I set for myself when I was writing the book was to say that uh, I'm gonna use one translation and not because the one translation we ended up using was the, you know the right translation but um, with silver recovery like if you read through their book their stuff there's multiple translations, and part of that is because they wanted to say something a certain way, and I don't, I, I don't want 
to make the Bible say something I want it to say. I want the Bible to say what it says, and we use what it says yeah. to, to change our lives. And so that was one of my rules, only one translation. And then two, uh, if, I, if I use a verse uh, or a passage, that we use it in its entirety. You know, and, and that's something else that we would see in the Celebrate Recovery is that there would be a lot of the, you know, if you, if you ever read something and you see dot, 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 you know, a, a sentence ends and it's dot, 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 and then there's some more words after that, that means they've cut out a part <laughs> of, of something. And, and you see that like crazy throughout all the different books and Celebrate Recovery. And I'm not, I wasn't too keen on that. You know, it's like, no, every, you know, if, if I can't use this in context, then it's not, you know, I should be using it. And so that was, um, that was absolutely one of my top rules was uh, the Bible's going to say what it says and, and we're going to, you know, use what it says to shape the way we think, not shape the Bible the way we think. Yeah, I mean, and you, you see it all the time and we become just oblivious to it. We um, are content with what people do and we didn't want to do that. You know, one of the most misquoted passages I can think of that's taken out of context. And it's funny because there's other things that would support the thought. So the thought's not wrong. Um, but the, the context wrong is Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. you know, for I know the plans I have for you, say the Lord, plans for, for good, not for evil, plans to prosper you. And, and it's like, all right, that's really great. But the, the context of even that passage is, well, this was written to exiled um, Jews in Babylon. And, you know, if you go down a little farther, um, God's saying, well, in 70 years, he'll do these things. Well, 70 years, I may be dead. I don't want to hold on to that passage, you know. <laughs> but... I believe God has plans for us, good plans. And so we want to use the scripture that would support that, the, the parts of the Bible that are contextually right um, to portray, um, you know, betray, uh, portray, I can't talk. I'm just struggling Port all of, Yeah, yes. um, struggling so much today. <laughs> he just speaks for a living. Yeah, us. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but we wanted to take scripture that would actually communicate that to us, like where we can apply that to our lives. And so um, that's, that's what we wanted to do. We didn't want to water down God's word. We didn't want to back away from it. We wanted to lean into the uncomfortable parts um, and, and really try um, just to, to pull that truth out and, and convey it in a way to people that they can understand, that they can see, that they can utilize, and, and that they can um, get good theological foundation. Because again, that's one of the things you see these Christ-centered, quote, quote, you know, Christ-centered uh, recovery ministries, and nobody has foundation because they're not doing that. Like, we didn't want to lose that. We're, we're about discipleship here and our recovery, so it's going to be based off the Word of God. It's got to be in context because we want people to actually, you know, get off the milk and start eating, you know, the steak and potatoes of God's Word. And if we're going to get them there, then everything we do has to be built off a of foundation of, of accuracy, of transparency, uh, of context as we um, impart that to the people around us. Yeah, no, that's good. And I mean, and that was really, again, kind of at the, at the, at the root and the foundation of, of struggles with a lot of people is the fact that, you know, somewhere along the line is from the spiritual side of things. We, we don't understand, you know, we again, we have a lot of hurt in our past or um, broken relationships and all that. But but when when your sole focus in life is to, to seek that the the solution to those problems from the world you're always going to come up empty you're always going to come up thirsty you know kind of like the woman at the well you know why do you why do you you know jesus sister why do you want this this water i can give you you know water that you'll never thirst from again you know and and that's what um we try to do in our program is make you understand that you know if even if you come from a broken home you know you have a heavenly father that always loves you um, you know, even if you, you can't, you know, you've struggled to find value or purpose in this world, God always values you and God always has a purpose for you. And so when you, when you can replace those hurt places like that with, with eternal truths that come from the Bible, now all of a sudden we don't need a struggle to help us feel better about ourselves because everything we have is eternal, right? Our, our feelings of, of worth and value and purpose are internal because they come from God and from the, the words of Jesus. And not from the world, which changes from, you know, day to day what they think they value or, Hell yeah. you know, so um, that's exactly why, you know, what everything is based around the Bible. Like I so said, the principles that are taught, um, we, we use it in context 
so because again everything we need is right there like Aaron said you know we don't need a we don't need to read a recovery message into the, to, to something that's not there it's it's there yeah if you if you look for it yeah so. I mean yeah and that's the thing it, it is there and you know secular truth is so fluid it changes so much um, I remember giving a message one time and, and just really jacking with people um, with those things that that you think you know like Pluto's not a planet anymore or now right. it is again or something like that I mean because the, the truth we have <laughs> the truth we have in the world it's it's not it's not solid God's word's solid but that's one of those things that you know if you went to me you know when I was a co- child in school Pluto's a planet and yeah. I told my teacher it's not they would have failed me on that right um, but now if I say Pluto's a planet um, well Guess what? Now I'm wrong. I mean, it changes. Um, hey, I'm not changing my opinion. <laughs> I'm not There's always going to be a planet to me, dang it. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, that's just just a small picture that, again, 25 years ago or whenever it was, like, you would look like a, a moron if you were arguing, no, I think it's a moon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And um, so we got to like, um, just keep that, that in front of us, that the things that we encounter in the world, if they're not found in God's word, it's fluid. It changes based off feelings and culture. And you don't want to build a recovery off of that. You don't want to build a life off of that. And so, again, we want to ground it in Scripture. Yep. Next, one of the big things that we um, push, and this is probably an area that I've got a lot of pushback from it. And, and I think it's because you have to take responsibility. <laughs> but it's we don't believe you're powerless. You know, 12 steps teach that. CR teaches that. It's kind of like step one. I come to realize that my, my addiction or whatever yeah, it's, is taking well, control I'm, of my yeah. life. And, and I'm, I'm powerless. Powerless over my addiction. And so, you know, the thing is here, and, and this kind of gets into semantics. And, and, but the problem is, in, because when we, when we went to this change, you know, yeah, I've heard a little bit of pushback from some, some people, but I tell you what I've also heard. I've heard a lot of people that are really in favor of this because they that turned them off to, to 12 steps because they heard that and they're like, wait a minute, I'm not powerless. You know, they forget that. If they're going to tell me I'm powerless, I don't want to be a part of that. And so I've heard both sides of that. And, and when we get into the semantics and what they're talking about, and I know the 12 steps, what they mean is you're powerless over your addiction, meaning you need help. Okay. But, but. That's different. You see, we say the same thing, except we don't tell you you're powerless. No. So we we tell you you do have you do have the ability to change, right? And so we we teach that you're not powerless over addiction. You 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 probably made some choices that got you there, so you can make some choices to get you out of there. Now, the, we don't ever say that you need to do it on your own. We absolutely say that the, our our second lesson is salvation, because you need Jesus. You need to, to rely on Jesus. You need power. I mean, not power. You need prayer um, to to pray to, to seek guidance and wisdom and support and encouragement. You need to be in church around like-minded believers to help support you and encourage you um, and help keep you on track. Absolutely. But the only person that's going to make you do that is you, right? We're not showing up to your church or to your house in a van, you know. It, throw the side door open, throw you in the van, bring you to church, bring you to recovery. Anybody that, you know, and I've heard this before, that, well, you, you never, you know, in, in the, in the, when they're really down and, you know, in the, in the throes of their addiction, like they can't do anything. It's like, yeah, you know, and the, but, you know, they'll be talking about somebody like that, but that has come out into recovery. And it's like, okay, but, but who got them, you know, who eventually got them to, you know, whatever recovery program they went to, they did. Yeah. They eventually decided to get out of their house and go somewhere. Nobody, again, you're not dragging somebody and forcing them, you know, like Clockwork Orange, like their their eyes are, pu- you know, fixed open and they're having to watch, you know, uh, recovery messages on the TV or something. They, at some point, somebody, that person made a choice to, to get up and to do something. And that's what we we're, we're, we tell people is that you have the ability to do that. You are not powerless. You have to take responsibility for your life, for your choices. Some of the things that happen to you are outside of your control, but we can choose how we respond to those things. We can choose to not play the victim forever. And this isn't victim blaming. This is just, it's empowering you. It's empowering you to say, I can do something. And that's an encouraging, that's a way more encouraging message than say, well, you're powerless. And again, I know the point of them saying that is to say you need help, but there's a better way to say it. 
Yeah. Well, and, you know, it, it's true before Jesus. Like, I mean, that's, the, you know, God's Word teaches us that, that absent of Christ in our life, um, we, we are subject to our flesh and desires. And so, yeah, if you want to do recovery in the secular world and, and do an AA and an NA, well, they're actually right. I mean, if you're, if you're not a Jesus follower, yes, you're powerless in your addiction. But again, we wanted to make something that's Christ-centered. So if it's Christ-centered, um, we can't say that. We can't say you're powerless because it doesn't line up with God's word. And so as uncomfortable as that may be, even if no matter how much pushback we get, we still can't make the statement that you're powerless if you're a Christian, like it's, you just can't. At Romans six, there's tons of places in the Bible that you can you can pull in God's word where you can pull this out. Um, Romans six again, it's one of my favorite chapters of the Bible. But um, verses sixteen through eighteen says, "Don't you realize that you become a slave to whatever whatever you choose to obey?" I'm gonna pause right there. Choose. So right off the bat here, you're we're looking at a choice. You are a slave. Um, to whatever you choose to obey. So if you want to continue to be in addiction for the rest of your life and you, you're a Christian and a Jesus follower, you're choosing that. You, you've chosen to be powerless in your addiction and chosen to just be stuck in it forever. It goes on, it says, you can be a slave to sin, which leads to death, or you can choose, again, there's that word, choose to obey God. Well, you can choose God. What was the other option? Be a slave to sin. So we're presented with two choices, that, that if you're going to obey God, then, then by default, you're, you're saying, I'm no longer a slave to the sin, to the addiction, to the lies over here, um, which leads to righteous living. Oh, man, righteous living is like the ap opposite of addictive living, you know? Yeah. I mean, so again, here it is grounded in God's word that this is what we're doing. Um, and this, none of this says you're powerless. Um, thank God, once you were slaves to sin, but now you wholeheartedly obey his, uh, this teaching we have given you. Now you were free. Free? Yeah, free from what? Slavery to sin, like addiction? Um, like, you know, lies that we bought into, uh, you know, untruths, things like that. Mm -hmm. Yes, now you're free from that if you choose to obey God. So you see how that just defeats that narrative, that 12 steps push on you, that, that you're just a victim. There's nothing you can do. Um, it's a disease that you're just going to be subject to for the rest of your life. No, you, you can choose to walk in that or you can choose to step out of it. Um, like me, I've, I've chosen to step out of it. I'm free from drug addiction and alcoholism. Um, but with that, I have enough um, wisdom not to go, you know, have a drink again. I could go back to it. Um, but now you're free um, from your slavery to sin and, you've become, and you have become slaves to righteous living. If you go to Romans 6, verse 1, um, it, it like starts off with, um, so does this mean you should go on sinning? Like, I mean, because again, yeah. we have that choice. And so as I've got freedom from, from my struggles, like I did, um, I can go back to verse one. So now I can go back to sinning. I'll have it under control this time. No, <laughs> I'm, I'm not powerless. You know, through the help of Jesus, I've broke these chains, but I can always choose to go back. And so again, it's all about these choices. I mean, that's, that's what God just in, put in us. I mean, that's, that's what makes us human is, is we can choose whatever we want to choose. Um, now you are free again from slavery sin. You've become slaves to righteous living. What, what a beautiful message. Why in the world would we want to water that down, distort that, or take that out of, of the gospel or recovery? And, and so that's what we, we wanted to do is like, all right, we're going we're gonna to implant this into the, the beginning. This, this is step one, recognizing this truth. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, that's the thing. Uh, I mean, the most important decision that we do have salvation when it comes to great that as Christians, we don't believe you do anything. You're not ever good enough to earn salvation. There's nothing that we do. It's it's a gift given by God. And and what's the but our but the one thing that's tasked to us in order to, to gain salvation from God is to what we have to choose it. That's the one thing we do is we choose to accept salvation. That's the only thing that we can do in order to uh, be saved uh, and and um you know and and again that's what we pre that's what we teach in our programs that you you do you have the ability to choose i mean and and to say that we're powerless again it just creates this victimhood mentality that well there's nothing i can do i'm just always this way i'm just in and, and again it, it can be you can argue semantics but i've had like i said i don't know how many people come up and like well that this is the way they took it. They said, well, you know, I didn't want to be part of that because it teaches me I'm powerless. Why would I want to be called powerless? And for me as, you know, somebody who's I'm kind of a type A um, and, you know, and I'm obviously Christian. I, I, I think what an awful thing to say 
about like God's creation. I mean, we God's created us separate from the animals, and um, you know, I'm just like, man, that's so, so like. Uh, I'm trying to think of the, the right word, and I don't know, insulting to God. And it's like, oh, you know, the, you're the the you know the 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 pinnacle of your creation, human beings. You know, we're powerless against you know our, our own behaviors <laughs> and stuff. Like, no, God made us made us gave us agency made us in a way that we we're, we have consciousness and we have the ability to, to make decisions and to do different things i think that takes away from the the glory of god to to say that we're you know we're just you know like the the verse of slaves to our own behaviors like this is we just can't we can't rise above this we're we're powerless so no we don't say we're powerless we you know do you need help yes you need support absolutely you do you need support from you need to you know, rely heavily on God. You need to rely heavily on on a support team. Um, in in the Bible, um, you need to spend time at church, in the Word, all those things. But you, but ultimately, at the end of the day, you're the one that has to choose to do that. We we can't force you to do that. And we've talked about it before. We have people call us or message us on Facebook. Hey, will you reach out to my brother, nephew, Steph, you know, whatever, and have them, you know, because they need to come to they need to come to recovery. I mean, we can. They're not going to do it because they have to choose. You know, again, we don't have a black van in the parking lot that we go, you know, kidnap people and bring them to recovery. Yeah, not yet. I think we're in the middle of fundraising on that. <laughs> That's right. So you can yeah, send checks fund me to, is- <laughs> uh, uh, but, but it is. I mean, it's it's about choice, and, and this is scary. And, again, I think it causes people to cringe because um, what we do right here is put the ball in your court. What are you going to do? You can't just sit and cry out to God anymore and say, God, please take this from me. No, you, you, we're, again, making you have responsibility um, and pointing out that God says you're supposed to have responsibility to, to make that choice and to hand it over to him. Yeah, and I think you're right. I think that's probably probably the, the root of a lot of pushback on this is responsibility. Yeah. The, 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 that dirty word. The dirty R word. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, People don't want to take responsibility no. because if I can always blame somebody else, and you know, I mean, it's all my fault. No. I can't help it. But you know what? Until you're ready to do that, you're not ever going to get out of recovery. I mean, you're. I mean, nobody has ever come out of addiction. I mean, somebody. If you want to prove me wrong, I would love to. I would love to hear this case. Nobody's ever come out of addiction by not taking responsibility for themselves. Yeah. Well, they just ap- accidentally fell into that. Like, I don't know. I just forgot where all my drugs were at, and then I sobered up. Yeah. Well, and when you see this, people buying into the lie, you know, the opposite of this, this is where you see somebody who's been sober for 25 years, and they're still struggling, wanting drugs and alcohol. It's like, well, that doesn't make sense. That doesn't make sense that you'd be away from it that long and and still have that struggle. And again, this is coming from somebody who spent almost two decades in addiction. And of that two decades almost every day um you know just annihilated out of my mind i mean so but it's just you got to take responsibility and if you don't if you're not willing to then you're going to be the person 20 years down the road still in the same struggle spinning your wheels not making any progress forward and so we wanted to pivot you know put god's word out there that truth and, and allow us to grow in it um, and so what's the next thing? Um, I love this one. Yeah. This has been probably the funnest one just to, to rip the shreds for this me. Is, this is the one we get pushback on. This is the one we get pushback on. And mm. it's anonymity um, in recovery ministry. We believe it um, isn't the most important thing. <gasps> what? No way. Um, I'm and, supposed to be ashamed of myself. Yeah, I know. And who I am right? and the fact that I'm not a perfect I need to being. lurk in the shadows That's as right. I change my life. You sneak and, in the back door of the church and... And I mean, dark. this this is something I believe anonymous recovery is a lie straight from the pits of hell. I mean, and I'm not even exaggerating because what what do you do? I mean, if you're recovering anonymously, then one, you've taken a lot of support group out of your life because you, you, you're you not going to everybody. Not everybody knows. You're, you're robbing yourself of accountability. Um, I mean, there's just all these things that you do that, that are negative if you want to be anonymous in your recovery. It just doesn't make sense. I mean, I, I, and I try to take it so far the other way. I mean, I want people to know my struggles. It, it, I mean, because one, I mean, then I can't hide behind them anymore, right? I'm, I, I want to come out of the shadows. I, I need people to help me. Um, I need God to help me. I need I need everybody to know what I'm doing, and not just because you know I'm you know want to be the center of attention. It's healthy. It's healthy to recover out in the open, and I totally get it. You know, when I was you know 
using dope and, and, and drinking, I wanted to lie about that, right? It was embarrassing. Um, deep down, you know, that was like this secret that everybody knew anyway. So, but it was, you know, like I, I didn't want people to know. I remember people would always ask me like, you've been drinking today? I had a beer. It didn't matter when you asked me, like I had a beer, um, just one. That's why there's a little alcohol in my breath because I had a single singular beer. <laughs> Followed by another one. Yeah, another or, one. or 30 or, you know, a bottle or some pills, you know. But so I get that mindset. Like that that's a life that you want to have some anonymity in for lots of reasons. But recovery shouldn't be that way. That's something to celebrate. You're celebrating life change. It's positive it's positive. And, and so we wanted to push back that um, as much as we can. And again, I'm a marketing guy. So what I love about it is you can't market a 12 step in, in a worth a dang because it's anonymous. Everybody's anonymous. <laughs> um, how do you even grow? It's kind of like the thing. Uh, if you guys have seen Fight Club, you know, right? It's kind yeah. of like that's how I picture NA and AA. It's like, <laughs> well, the first rule of NA is uh, don't we don't talk about NA, but then it grows anyway. So what are people doing? They're actually talking about it when they're not supposed to. But you've limited growth, you've limited effectiveness, and mm. and you get all these people that are lurking in the shadows, and it's just stupid <laughs> it's like uh you know christians in the ancient roman times like doing you know drawing half of a fish in the dirt you know like <laughs> one person's like walking up somebody else and they just make like an n in the dirt and see if somebody makes an a next to it but um you know the thing is you know there's the deal people think like when we talk about this they're like well you're just broadcasting all of our stuff it's like well no i mean you know we're not you know we're not posting you know like somebody's everything they struggle with on our facebook page like here's our member highlight you know yeah. here's here's you know, Jane Smith, she's been addicted to alcohol for 13 years. And I mean, yeah, and we don't, <laughs> but because um, it's not our place to. No. It's your place. I mean, yeah. to, to be open with it um, and to let people know what's going on. And so, yeah, absolutely. We're yeah. not going to air anybody's dirty laundry. You know, when we look at our groups, you know, th those are private. We're not talking about those. You don't need to talk about anyone else. But what you need to do is talk about you. Talk about what God's doing in your life. Absolutely. Talk about your freedom. So that, that's the thing we want you to see right. here. And, you know, I mean, so what we do is uh, at the end of every every service here for, geez, like a year or something yeah, now, like uh, we, we take what we call a family photo. And, and uh, you know, we, we cannot take credit for this. This was somebody that... Uh, somebody who attends that they started doing this and they they would take a picture of the group that of people that came with them and they would post it on Facebook and now that's grown to where we're doing it on the stage because we have so many people I think you the can, one last night at least had 50 yeah I mean, I mean it was just crazy 50 so, people yeah, we you know and, and, and before when we were celebrating recovery it's like you can't don't, nobody can take any photos ever and you know make sure that if you do take a photo with it's just you and nobody's behind you and you know I mean, we would have so many people come up and tattle like that was ridiculous <laughs> like, oh, someone took a picture and and this other person was in the background. It's like, okay, yeah, we'll talk to him, you know. And it's like, I love being in middle school, you know. <laughs> but um, uh, you know, that's the thing. It's like, yeah, it, it, uh, at some point, you know. And this is a church. This is a big C church problem. Is that we, you know, we we we're, we've been convinced that we're, we're supposed to come to church and act like we're perfect, and that nothing is wrong with us. And that was one of the reasons I loved recovery when I first started coming. Because I don't come from that background, but I was like, man, this is what church is supposed to be. All these people here, just by being here, are acknowledging the fact that there's something wrong, that they're struggling with something. That's why they're here. And I was like, man, that's good. That's good. This is this is where if we're, we're finally getting honest in church. Thank God, you know. Yeah. And I mean, that's uh, that's what we should be doing, you know. There's uh, and and here here's the deal too. You know, if it makes you uncomfortable, like you know, people knowing that you're coming to recovery ministry. One of the benefits about our recovery ministry is that we we've moved away from the word addiction and we use the word struggle. So struggle can mean anything you need it to mean. So nobody, you know, if, if you're worried about people, you know, hassling, you just tell them like, listen, every, there's people that are coming to our our, our recovery program for uh, their an unhealthy relationship with food. There's people that are coming to our recovery program because they have uh, an unhealthy relationship with their anger. We have people coming because they have an unhealthy relationship with social media or their phones. I mean, there's, I mean, it can mean anything. So it's just not, it's not in our recovery program. You're not, you know, it's not an automatic label that you're struggling with drugs and alcohol. If that's going to be an issue with you. So like, just tell them that, you know, that man, our recovery program is helping people with all sorts of problems. And so there's nothing to be ashamed about. All, all we're, all we're doing by not pushing anonymity in an anonymity is what the first step supposedly talks about, which is being in denial. 
We're yeah. talking about being honest. Let's get honest. We're getting <laughs> honest with the people around us. We're saying, hey, yeah, man, I'm, I've struggled with this thing, but I'm doing something about it. Can you imagine how successful gyms would be if they were, you know, like you got to be, you know, we preach anonymity at 24 uh, <laughs> Uh, Planet Fitness, because you know you should be ashamed of the fact that you're overweight, and you don't need to tell people that you're trying to do something to better your life. Can you imagine that? No, that's yeah. the stupidest thing. You'd be like, "Well, that's dumb. How would you expect to grow a gym?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I hate to tell you this, but I've, I started going to that Planet Fitness, and I mean, I even got a personal trainer because I really struggle with my weight and my health, and I don't know what to do about it. And so I went and got help. And yeah, I mean, can you imagine somebody having that conversation? That's, that you're like. Somebody started talking to you like they'd be like, what's wrong with you? Are you on drugs? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I know a recovery program you should go to. But, that, that, but that's how we treat addiction, right? We do. It's the same thing, though. Hey, I've been struggling with this deal, but now I'm seeking out help. And, uh, you know, I'm trying to make some changes in my life for the good. Most people around you would be like, hey, that's great, man. Great, great to hear it. And then, you know, next time they see you, hey, how's that going? That's accountability. If they don't, if they're like, oh, that sucks. I wish you would, wouldn't do that. You need to you know, cut them out of your lives but because uh, that's not a good influence for you. But yeah, I mean, so this, this whole, you know, I mean, it's in the, it's in the name of all these other programs. It's, yeah. it's the A, the second A and all these things. Um, you know, it, it shouldn't be something that we're ashamed of. You know, it's, it should be something that we're like, listen, man, I've made mistakes. I'm not, I'm not a perfect human being. Join the club. Yeah. You know? You know, and it allows you to get momentum. It's allowed us to get a ton of momentum behind what we're doing. Um, but again, we want to be, we want to be, you know, Christ-centered. We want to be grounded in God's word. Um, and so, you know, one of the areas that, that I believe you see this is in the Great Commission. You know, Matthew, I used Matthew 28, 18 through 20. Um, obviously, you know, you can go to the beginning of Luke and you see um, something very similar, just from a different angle. But it says, uh, um, Jesus came and told his disciples, I've been given all authority um, in heaven and on earth. And so Jesus had, had been crucified, he'd been buried, he'd been resurrected. Here he is at the end of the 40 days back on earth and, and resurrection body, and he's getting ready to, to ascend, go back to heaven. And so he, he's reminding them, hey, listen, I've been given authority um, in, in heaven and on earth. And then he says, therefore, therefore, because of what I've done, therefore, um, because of what I've accomplished of, of taking sin's power away, of, of giving you salvation, all these things, therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I've given you, and be sure of this. I'm with you even to the end of age. And so this is kind of like the go and tell, right? Um, Jesus did something significant. Now go and share it. Go, you go, go and share it. Now our testimony, um, our story is the biggest thing we have personally to leverage to advance the kingdom. And so here <laughs> we got Jesus saying, all these things, go and make disciples. What's your biggest tool? Well, it's your testimony. Well, how are you going to share that with people if everything you do is anonymous in recovery? Like, how are you going to go tell people um, how Jesus's authority sets you free? I, I, so when we look at that, when I look at this personally, that's what I see, that recovery, if it's centered on Jesus, Jesus is getting all the credit for what's taking place in your life and for your recovery journey. Therefore, go and tell. Go and make disciples of every nation. Bring them um, in, into the fold. And so you can't be anonymous if, if that is you. If you're a Christian, um, a Jesus follower, which if you're in our program, you most likely are, uh, or you're really angry with me every week. Um, but so if this, still, they still don't get it. Yeah. yeah. Why does he keep talking about this Jesus guy? <laughs> but, but if this is you, then you don't have a choice. This is a command from God to go share what he's done. Yeah. You know, that's one of the things I love uh, about our program is, um, you know, when people share every now and then it'll pop up on my face. I'm not on social media hardly anymore, but, um, Whenever I do stock Facebook stock, I uh, you know come across a post that somebody is well, somebody from our program will be like, yeah, I started going to recovery you know a year ago and I struggled. I mean, and they they lay it all out. You yeah. know, this is what I've struggled with and this is what God's doing in my life. And I mean, that's that's my if my Facebook feed could just be nothing but that, I would be I would probably be on Facebook way more. Yeah. But because um, but that stuff's fantastic, you know. And then you just see all the people that comment, you know. And the thing about that too is that when when people are honest like that, they they're inspiring other people. To to do something with their lives and improve their life even if they don't struggle with alcohol or drugs or any of that you know they don't have a, a what they would consider a struggle 
I mean, that stuff just inspires people to be, you know, more Christ-like. Um, it's great. We have one person who, um, I mean, she she is uh, does a daily count on how long she's been yeah. sober. What's she up? Two years? Over two years. Yeah, over two years. Every every day on Facebook, yeah. it's like I'm, you know, 375 days sober. It's like, I mean, that's awesome, you know. And there's so many people that are just following along with her and encouraging her as she goes through this and i mean and it's changed her life and it's brought other people into the fold i mean because yep. that's what we do here we make disciples we share our testimony share what's going on other people show up they want to be impacted you know the thing is i've never personally seen somebody be ridiculed when they're talking about how they've changed you know in a positive right. manner and everybody's like oh, you piece of crap how dare you do better in life <laughs> yeah no it's, the only people, people who do that are your your <laughs> druggy friends yeah. that don't want to I mean stop. every time I see one of those posts people are cheering them on there's no, no criticism there's no condemnation there's no shame or guilt being thrown out there no it's like good for you man I'm proud of you and so that's that's what we need to do and when when we pull these things out again we're getting momentum behind what we're doing personally I mean I love to be celebrated everybody loves to be celebrated you know it, it makes us feel good and then that that celebration it re-energizes us for for the next um season of recovery and discipleship and and, and then we're we're all journeying together and we're all excited together and we're all pursuing jesus together and it's it's great but if you're anonymous you can't have that in its entirety to the fullness of what I believe God intended it to be because there's such an element of it that needs to be kept in the shadows in the dark. You know, one of the things I love about um, what we do too is I mean, people check in there. I was looking at our Facebook page last night and we started about a year ago on the check-ins. Yeah. Something like that. Mm. <clears throat> um, we've had over 2,000, we're right at about 2,000 people who, who've checked in and that means they've, they've attached their name publicly on their feed that they're attending that night. I've never seen somebody check into an NA meeting. No. <laughs> you know, oh, I'm here. Yeah. No. no. They'd probably get in trouble for that. <clears throat> probably would. Yeah. How are we supposed to know where we meet? <laughs> How are we supposed to get people to come here if they don't know where we meet? I don't know. Uh, I mean, not think this through. And so it's just, it's so important that, that we grasp this truth because, again, I, I believe it's a lie. Um, I believe it's from hell because if we're, you know, if we keep it in that part of our lives in the dark then we've taken support system out of our lives we've taken accountability out um we're not growing anything positive because people can't know about it can't know what we're doing and so we've just we've hindered what what god's trying to do um and so we need to to move away from anonymity which is what we've done personally um kind of the next thing we want to touch on um i've never done these i've never looked at these <laughs> never been Aren't you lucky? Yeah, I know. Um, so I'm going to yeah, let so, Caleb talk yeah. about this. So so one of the things that uh, I was like, man, we got to do something different when we with our new program is that we're going to move away from, so Celebrate Recovery is really into the acrostics. Okay, so an acrostic is, a, you know, it's a word, but each letter means something, and you're supposed to preach about that every every time you have a meeting. Um, that They were awful, right? <laughs> if you love them, I'm... Gonna, we have a recovery program for you, yeah. I guess. But, uh, <laughs> you know, the problem is, is that th what happens with that is that it becomes routine and it becomes rote. And I have conversations with other s CR pastors or leaders, and, I mean, they, they would show up uh, without having prepared in it because they have taught the same lesson over and over and over. And so they don't even, you don't even have to try because they know that lesson so well that they just say the same thing over and over and over. And I was like, man, this, you know, it gets bored, it gets repetitive. Um, you know, there's not, at some point there's diminishing returns yeah, each you've, time you you've do hindered it growth yeah i mean it's like oh it's this one again i don't have to listen i've heard this one yeah. which i mean i've heard them i don't know how many times and i couldn't tell you what one of them like if like whatever word it was like i couldn't tell you all the letters because i was just like oh i'm not gonna remember this and, th and sometimes they didn't make sense like they don't go together as from a, from a speak somebody who you know like i said i used to teach from the platform and would Put together a message and you know, i know how to put together a message you know you there's a flow to it there's and some of them are like man how am i supposed to make this flow together <laughs> like these things don't go together um and so you know that was an intent i was like i want to make it i want to make a program where if we we preach through the same lessons but every time we preach through them it can it can sound different so so in our, the way i structure my book is that we have uh, learning objectives for each lesson and and so it you know maybe one or two three, two three things and 
However you get there, though, is up to whoever's given the message. And so if um, I don't have one off the top of my head, but it's just there's no right way to do it as long as you just make sure these topics are covered for this lesson. That's that's what matters. And so if, if Aaron gave a lesson on, you know, the salvation, the second lesson of the book, and then I, I did that that lesson the next week and, and we had the exact same crowd of people they wouldn't necessarily know it's the same lesson because we would approach it from a different way. But as long as we covered those topics, you know, we, we're still getting the, the main points across. And so that allows for variety, it allows us to keep things fresh, allows us to keep learning new things, um, it keeps it interesting. Uh, and so in this, um, which is why, I, one of the, the main reasons why I'm so surprised people still like, oh, we love your Celebrate Recovery. It's like, have you heard us do an acrostic? <laughs> I have not heard an acrostic coming from our platform in over two years. Like, you should realize that, that every time you go to... I'm going to do one soon, just no, to... Oh, I'm going to cut your mic in the service. <laughs> <laughs> but if, I mean, you should, if you go to a Celebrate Recovery meeting, big meeting, you're going to hear an acrostic. You're not ever going to hear that from us. So <laughs> that was a big deal. And, you know, like I said, you... If, if you're in the crowd, it may not be as big of a deal, but trust me, as somebody who used to teach those, but from a quality standpoint, again, our quality stays high in the lessons that we teach. And we have flexibility too. We don't always have to preach. Aaron doesn't always preach lessons out of our out of the book. You know, sometimes we talk about things that are related to just uh, discipleship, right? Yeah. Learning to be a better Christian. Um, that was something that I always struggle with is that with, as Celebrate Recovery, you're always supposed to do you know, your acrostic and your, the, uh, the step and the principle, you have to present all those things to, in your message. But you know, when I, when we had a meeting that was like around Christmas or Easter, I would just do a, a Christmas or Easter message because for a lot of people that show up on a recovery, at a recovery meeting, this is the only church they get, you know? And so they need to hear those things. They need to hear the story of Jesus. They need to hear about salvation. They need to hear that stuff. Um, in context, you know, and around the holidays where people are, you know, it's obviously that's kind of the top of the mind kind of thing. Um, man, that's the time to tell people about it. That's when they're going to show up. And so to, to have the flexibility and freedom to do that really improves our program. Yeah, I mean, so. it really does. Um, so it gives us, no, it's the thing that I couldn't, I don't even know how people do that over and over and over again, teaching or listening. And so here we are, if we get to present things in, in new ways, exciting ways, and we get to continue to grow people. Um, you know, if I'm talking about um, forgiveness, and, and that's a good one, there's so many angles you can come to at forgiveness. Yeah. I mean, so does somebody just need to know the one angle that was built into the acrostic and that's all they need to know? Heck no. I mean, we need to start, you know, we need a 360 around this, right? It's one of the, the biggest things that, that cause people to be hung up in their recovery. And so let's continue just to expel and to teach on this um, however we can. And so again, it keeps things fresh. People come back. They, they maintain their momentum and recovery and excitement's maintained. And it's one of those things that is just cascading effect um, that towards growth and towards reach and it's one of the, the beautiful things about it yeah uh, i was just going to finish that and say that I, I love that every week people show up at our meetings thinking they're they're you know they're, they're going to hear a new message and, and that yet they've they've heard they've heard the same lesson multiple times and they yeah. don't even realize it you know so. yeah that's and I, I do love that too and people don't even understand they don't know they don't yeah they, how cool is that though that we're teaching the same things but it's it's always fresh in their mind um and, and new things are exciting so uh, so the next thing we do and, and i'm not gonna spend a lot of time on this because we've talked about this in depth is, is that um, one of the things that differentiates us from a different uh recovery programs is that we we actually differentiate between a lapse and a relapse and so a lot of almost i don't know there may be another recovery program that does that um like a program program counselors will you know and, and, and things like and this is where i pulled this from the cognitive behavioral therapy they, they they'll distinguish that but program wise i don't know of another program that does it but we we distinguish the difference and so lapse just being a temporary mistake versus relapses where you've full-blown but gone back into your struggle and i've always had a problem with that in that again if you want to argue semantics with me that's fine but i feel like the the way these programs are currently where we just talk about a relapse that's anytime we've you know 
use whatever it was that you're trying to break free from that oh now we're starting over that's kind of the way it's presented and that's how people take it and so what that creates is a lot of a lot of dishonesty right because they're, they're like well i don't you know i'm 60 days clean i want my next chip but i you know i had a drink and i'm just not going to tell anybody and you know and that but hiding things that's how we start that's how yeah. your addiction started and um so that you know that kind of thing happens um shame guilt incredible sense of failure a lot of stress right because we expect you to be perfect you can't ever mess up now again and i said this in the lesson when we talked about this uh, a few episodes back do i want you to mess up no would i prefer that you you know from the day you say i'm going to be clean never ever do it again absolutely but is that the way it works for most people nope <laughs> and you know by not being honest about that i think we're uh, hinder you know hindering ourselves as a recovery ministry and, and we're also hindering the people that are going through a recovery ministry by doing that so you know the thing is we teach that <clears throat> that if you make a temporary mistake you need to reach out to your support figure out what happened you know what were the circumstances around there learn how to to be proactive and put safeguards in place so that it doesn't happen again but that doesn't mean your whole your whole you know recovery journey has been derailed. You know it was a temporary lapse in judgment. Judgment. Nobody is sinless. You know just because I've become a Christian doesn't mean I don't sin anymore. We shouldn't expect people in recovery to do that. Now you know and then that's a lot different than a relapse where we've had people just fall off and f go full back in. And that means we somewhere along the process earlier on in our um, what we teach. You know one of the more kind of foundational things we d we didn't necessarily. Uh, correct one of those things and so we got to go back and look at where where we haven't done the work uh in, in that in that regard but there we have a whole episode and i don't know, remember off the top of my head it's i don't know 20s it's in the 20s i think yeah something like that it's back there but if you want to you know more in depth on that i would encourage uh, you to go listen to that oh episode. yeah and i just want to say one thing i mean kind of put this uh, in a different context you know if you're looking at a baby learning to walk i mean you imagine Every, every child stumbles, right? Every child falls as they're on their journey. Imagine, like, making the baby go back to square one. Oh, all the progress is done. Stop attempting to walk right now. Yeah, you my, need to crawl for six months. baby's a failure. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> and so that's kind of what we've done here, you know, is, is realized, no, I mean, the, the child learned something from that. When they fail, they learn something from that. And now they've taken um, this new knowledge, and they're doing better with, with walking. Well, recovery is the same way. You, you might stumble. I hope that you don't. Our desire is you don't. Don't make excuses for failing or stumbling. But don't don't diminish the progress you've made. Don't leave it behind and say, all right, back to square one. None of this works. No. Take, take the things you can take. Get rid of, you know, your failure, the mistakes you've made, and keep moving forward from where you're at. Unless, again, you know, you go back into full relapse and you just start crawling everywhere again. That's on you. Now yeah. you got to start from square one. Yeah, well, then, yeah, I mean, we got to go back and figure out where we, where, we went, where we went wrong. I can't say that. But, you know, this is, again, this is where evidence comes, you know, scientific evidence comes into to effect. And this is part of the reason I did that is that there's evidence that shows that you don't have to go, you know, that, what is it? What do they say to establish a habit? It's like 21 days or something stupid. Yeah, something like that. That's not that's not based on anything real. Um, but that you, or that you know, if you go 100 days without the thing, you don't need it anymore. Any of that's that's not real. But what they found is that if you even if you if you're trying to to break an addiction to something, that even if you do have a, a lapse periodically throughout, that that doesn't mean you're less likely to break free from it. And so you know again this whole idea of just there's just relapse and that's it that's not based in any real evidence um you're not having to start over as long as you you know and we've had that happen i know um people currently in our our program that we've you know they knew they messed up they they knew it once it happened and they are back on track and, and yeah. not having any more problems so anyway well, the, the last thing we want to talk about is our in-depth studies. And so if you've been around CR, 12 steps, you know, you're like, all right, step um, step study, right? No, um, it's it's our in-depth. It, it is different because it's not a step study. Um, and, and then one of the big things that we have in, in ours is, is short time frames, right? Something that fits into lifestyles and, and schedules and allows somebody to, to actually pursue it beginning to end. You know, one of the biggest complaints that we've ever heard about step studies is they're forever. 
Yep. You know, it's like the song that never ends, and you want to take that little lamb and beat it in the face. Um, <laughs> yeah, and so that's what those end up feeling like. And then it, it goes from something that was good and positive to this burden when you're nine months in, like, oh, oh man, I got to go again. Go another one, <laughs> yeah. another meeting. Oh, yeah, we're only on book three. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so we, we did away with that because, well, first off, I mean, let's let's be honest here. All of you have short attention spans. <laughs> Us, us included, right? Yes. I mean, we, we lose interest in what we're doing. And so we need something short, something manageable, something um, celebratory that we can do, that we can make progress. We can do as many as you want. <laughs> I mean, right. if you, you want to do it for a year, that's fine. But go beginning to end in, in a time frame that's reasonable. Right. Yeah, that was that, that was always a complaint. So we, you know, when we would run our Celebrate Recovery groups, um, you would sign up, I don't know, 10 or 12, knowing that you would graduate like four because yeah. either A, they would drop off at the uh, inventory lesson, um, or B, just the time frame. You would just, just by natural truth. Some would just die of old age. You know, it took so long. <laughs> yeah, but, no kidding. You know, we would like, have to ask him, how old are you yeah. when you signed up? Yeah, you, you don't know, like, have yeah, time. This isn't yeah. for you. <laughs> this isn't, You're at the end of your life you here. should be buying green bananas, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but but yeah, I mean that was always it was like okay, so we've got to do. So I've got to come up with something that that we can that is effective, but in a in a time frame that makes sense in people's lives. And so yeah, our our program now can be done. And um, let's see, I'm leading our current group. We started at the very end of like the very last week of August, and that was like the first week is just kind of an introductory week before we actually do a lesson. And we are going to finish either this week, which is now. Um, the last week in November or next week, um, which would be the first week in December. So what are we talking about? Like three months, like 12 weeks ish. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. You can't do that. Yeah, no, no. It should take a whole year of your life <laughs> in order to No, I mean, that's, that's a doable thing. That's how long our life groups go at our church. Right. So we run, you know, roughly from, from August to December with our life group semesters or from like January to May, kind of like a school semester. And that's what I was, that was a goal of my, one of my, one of my things when I was putting out, this is what I want to have in this new program was something that is easily, easily, easily completed as far as a timeline is, you know, it's not a big ask that, um, you know, Hey, I need you to commit to a, you know, I know you're just coming, you know, fresh off of a drug addiction. Can I get you to commit to nine months of your life, you know, like to doing <laughs> this, to showing up every Wednesday to do this, this 12 step study? No, no, <laughs> no the answer is no. Um, so, so yeah, so, you know, it's something that can be completed in a reasonable time frame. Um, and, uh, you know, and it, that has seemed to work. I just, I, part of it, I think, is the stuff that we teach is, is, is good, but part of the reason that our groups finish with way more people um, than our CR groups used to is that the time frame matters. I mean, I, the group I have now, we started with 10, and I'm pretty sure we're going to graduate seven, I think. I have to remember. Um, yeah, like a 70% graduation rate. Is, with men. Yeah, with men. It's way better than a 30% graduation rate, oh, yeah. which what was kind of common for us a lot before because we would just lose so many people. So, yeah, shorter time frame, more people graduate. Um, plus, like I said, I, uh, the stuff for teaching is not too bad yeah. either, I think. Is, um, so that's kind of like us in a nutshell. You know, when you look at um, Cedar Point Recovery versus NAAA Celebrate Recovery, that's kind of the major differences and kind of the major things we've, we've done. Um, and there's there's great content. I want to remind you, maybe you're just tuning in. Like our first 20 episodes are just about each of um, the, the processes in, in our program, one at a time that we kind of just expel and teach on um, so that you can you can see that and see what we're about. But this is kind of like, you know, your 10,000 foot view of, of what makes us different. I'd also encourage you, man, go to, go to our YouTube. Again, if you've never seen what we do, check out an actual um, service and see how it's different, see what we do, um, and, and just continue just to evaluate that. And then coming up here and uh, just uh, like eight weeks, yeah. right, something like that. Um, we've we've got uh, what we're calling our recovery roundtable, where we're gonna kind of again, what what makes our recovery program different? Why is recovery in, in church and in your community needed? Why does it need to be public? Why does it need to be invested in um, to continue just to push a different narrative with all of this? Yeah, and I would say. Um I should have probably put this disclaimer on the, the beginning of this episode before all you people uh, like tuned out that are like uber 
CR fans or AA and A fans, like, you know, obviously we compared and contrast our program to those programs and, um, you know, it may sound harsh and I don't mean to bash those programs per se. So like if you went through CR and your life has been changed or NA or AA, don't send me those emails because I know those programs have done a lot of good and I'm not saying they haven't. I just think ours is better. But again, (laughs) and you know, like, oh, that guy's so conceited. It's like, well, think about that for half a second. Why would I have spent half half the time that I have spent developing and, and editing in this program if I was like, God, this is so much worse than CR. Like, <laughs> I mean, why would I spend my time doing that? So obviously I think it's better because it's just, this is things that I wanted to improve on. But again, don't take what the things that I'm saying to, to be, you know, derogatory per se. I mean, some of them kind of were derogatory, but <laughs> if that hurts your feelings, um, you can of, take the things I say as derogatory. I'm kind of sorry, but yeah. not really. I mean, I, like I said, these are my, my opinions. Yeah. My opinions do not reflect the uh, opinions of Cedar Point Church. <laughs> or, but, um, but no, I mean, I, again, has, have those things changed a lot of people's lives? Yes. Have, yeah, they, it, have they been effective? Yeah, more than nothing. Yeah, I mean, I believe they have their, their uh, place in, in culture, honestly. Yeah. Um, there's certain people, I encourage them to go do that for a little while as they're getting their feet under them, you know. Um, but it's not what we wanted to be. You know, when we look at this, um, it's kind of like if you know, NAAA's all the way out in left field, um, you know, and churches, you know, to the right, what are we going to put in the middle um, to kind of make that transition better to get people through the doors? Because it's through discipleship, through a relationship with Jesus that we're changed. It's the only way that we change um, is through the work of, you know, the Holy Spirit and what God does in our lives. And so we needed to be that. We needed to be different. We needed to kind of make that shift. So, um, and honestly, we do compare and contrast because there's nothing else out there. Um, but I would say, you know, the, the core of who we are is different. It was never intended to be like them um, or to be a direct competitor of that. It was meant to be very purposeful, um, but different in its own category altogether. um, Anything else? No, I think that's, yeah. that's mostly it. Well, um, and thanks for hanging on yeah, through, through all of this, this wild ride. <laughs> but, you know, we do appreciate you guys and your engagement um, as you're kind of going throughout the week. Man, go back, listen to other episodes. You know, if you've got questions, um, concerns, email us at info at cedarpoint.church. If you need help with anything, again, you can reach out to us through through email, through the church phone number, 283 uh, on that, just because 918-283-2221. Um, but we love you guys check us out on social media too yeah, yeah Facebook, like Instagram. our facebook page yeah it keeps man, growing. i know we're, we're almost at 2000 we need to get to that 2000 mark and, and maybe you've already liked it invite people to like it you know help us out a little bit yeah um, i want to i want to break that 2000 mark um, getting close yeah, yeah it is getting close um, <laughs> subscribe but, subscribe to our podcast i think uh what did you say? We, we maybe lost like a couple people i think yeah. our, our relationship thing was probably a little bit too much uh, I know nobody wanted to hear that they forced it on people just sign other people up for it like every time you see somebody with an iPhone just say hey can I see your phone yeah and just go on call yeah subscribe Uh, (laughs) (laughs) my grandma's in the hospital I need to make a phone call (laughs) why'd you subscribe me to this podcast just because it's better for you Uh, thank me later yeah later but uh yeah (laughs) all right we love you guys we'll see you next week